Hey friends, Cable here, and this week's podcast is proudly brought to you by my friends over at Kent Cartridge. Uh, I've got a man, I've got a lot of history with this brand, going back to my college days when I was waiting tables just to fund my duck hunting addiction. That's when I first discovered Kent, and uh, I'd mess around with other brands, cheaper brands, and literally watch the pellets bounce off of greenheads. Uh, I found Kent, and I fell in love. And nothing's changed over the last 20 years except for, well, I'd say Fast Steel 2.0 is even better than the original. And Kent offers a premium shell at a sub-premium price. Check it out. It's Fast Steel 2.0. You can find it at your local retailer. Howdy, everybody. This week's podcast also brought to you by Spartan Forge. Born in war, Spartan Forge was conceived while targeting terrorists Think about that. Targeting bad guys during deployments in support of the global war on terror. We can also use this technology because of its similarities to track mature bucks. Now it's time to get this analysis into your hands. It's military-based intelligence, next-generation mapping. I absolutely love it. And I love the people behind Spartan Forge. They're like me. Second Amendment till the day we die. No exceptions. America first. Spartan Forge. Check it out by downloading the app today. If I'm going down, I'm going down in flames. From this moment on, there ain't nothing Good morning, good morning, good morning. Cable Smith welcoming everybody into episode 642 of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you so much for being here today. It is a pleasure, a treat, an honor to be here talking hunting, fishing, the great outdoors, and all that implies with you fine folks. So thanks for being here. I appreciate each and every one of you more than you know. Um, Man, dove season is here. Can't believe it. What a wonderful time of the year. The kids and I, we took little JoJo out and, uh, man, had an absolute blast. The kiddos got to skip school, which, what, what a great tradition. I don't know why they're even required to go to school on September 1st. I know other states, like I think Pennsylvania, opening day of deer season, no, no school. Closed. Closed for business, kids. We're not learning today. Actually, We're learning something much more important, life skills on how to kill and clean your own food. That's a far cry from modern society in the United States in 2022. Uh, Sadly, everyone is, not everyone, the folks listening to this show certainly aren't, but the majority of society completely detached from where food actually comes from. Whether you're a, a rancher or a hunter, you know where food comes from. Most folks, eh, what do you want from DoorDash tonight, honey? Yeah, and then it just magically appears on your doorstep. Not my kids. They're out there getting their hands bloody. They're helping me clean doves. They're pulling the hearts out. You know why? Uh, Because they think dove hearts are an absolute treat. Put a little dry rub on them, put them on a toothpick, throw them on the grill, 
Mm, especially Stella. Oh, that's her absolute favorite. She thinks it's like candy, which obviously puts a twinkle in uh, dad's eye. Uh, maybe your nine to five kept you down, though. You you couldn't hit the, the dove patch on Thursday opening day. That's cool, too. Long weekend, Labor Day. Uh, load up the truck, ice down the coolers, head west, head south, head to the deer lease, wherever. Uh, find, a, find a tank, find some sunflowers. You'll find some dove. And, uh, yeah, hunting season is here. Can't beat it. Uh, what are we doing today? Well, you know what to do. Pull up that stool a little closer to the old campfire. Pour yourself another cup of that black rifle coffee out of granddaddy's beat-up old Stanley Thermos because we are ready to rock and roll. And I've got two special guests set to join us for the duration of today's broadcast. You know, we've got a lot to get into concerning Texans for Mountain Lions. I told you all I went down to Austin and, and, and spoke out against their goals and ideology last week. Uh, and keep in mind, I'm a Texan for Mountain Lions, which is why that name is so misleading and dishonest. But I'm also for sound scientific wildlife management. And today, I've got Jeremy Harrison and Todd Schwartz here for the duration. Uh, they are two-thirds of the founding members of the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest, the largest predator hunting contest in the country. Uh, so we're going to talk about the history of the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest, uh, how it originated, how it has grown to a tournament that routinely has over 500 teams participating, uh, the benefits from a wildlife management, predator control standpoint. Also, uh, there's other things like uh, the brain stems of some of these predators. Yes, there are biologists that need these specimens for further scientific study and research. Uh, so they provide a service there. Um, but, you know, it comes with uh, sometimes a public perception of negativity. And sadly, it's groups like Texans for Mountain Lions uh, that continue to push those anti-predator hunting and trapping narratives. Jeremy's also a, a landowner in Southwest Texas, or more West Texas, I suppose, but uh, his dad actually spoke after I did at the commission meeting, the public meeting there in Austin. So we'll look at it through the lens of a landowner. What would the data mean for them? And, and would it benefit the landowner to actually have more information on the number of mountain lions? Uh, on their property and others. Do they want to cooperate with Texas Parks and Wildlife? I don't know, uh, but we'll, we'll get to the bottom of that. And also, we'll connect the dots. Because if you look at the uh, the coalition, or I'm calling them the board members for Texans for Mountain Lions, uh, yeah, ulterior motives and some conflicts of interest, it's littered with them. <laughs> And they still want to claim that they're not anti-hunting and trapping. Well, uh, we've got proof otherwise. One of them showed up to protest the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. Literally, in person, to protest it. So lots of interesting stuff to get into today on that front. It's going to be a, an eye-opening conversation for sure. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, let's do a quick giveaway. Since we're talking predators today and predator hunting how about a Mantis Pro? This is an electronic predator call from our friends over at Western Rivers. Now just email the word Bobcat. That's Bobcat to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com. You know, the California protected Bobcat. Uh, yeah, 
not so much in Texas, uh, and we're trying to keep it that way. But just email Bobcat to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com, and you are entered into today's giveaway. Uh, let's take a break. Up next, Jeremy Harrison and Todd Schwartz of the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. Join us right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable here, and if you're like me, you probably enjoy bold flavors and cuisines. And nobody does Cajun and Creole better than Chris's Specialty Foods in Frisco. Their forte includes specialty sausages, boudins, and andouille, pre-cooked soups, gumbos, and sides, where all you have to do is heat it up. What about high-quality steaks, smoked and fried turkeys, turduckins, and turduckin rolls for the holidays, plus gift boxes. Storefront conveniently located off Dallas Parkway in Frisco, or shop online at chrisespecialtyfoods.com and have it delivered to your door. Nothing ever happened around my hometown I kind of just hang around But I heard someone calling my name one day And I followed that voice down the lost highway Everybody told me you can't get far On $37 in a chapter tar Little Steve Earl, Guitar Town, bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show Presented by Mossberg Firearms Cable Smith riding shotgun with you. Thank you so much for being here today as we've got a lot to get into concerning predator hunting and animal rights activism, kind of disguised as a pro-hunting group, trying to infiltrate Texas Parks and Wildlife. I'm certainly not going to sit back and just let it happen, and you're not going to either. (laughs) And it goes back to... um, Gosh, it was in year one of the show. I had Ted Nugent on, and he said the important thing about people with a voice or a platform, you know, in the hunting community, is that they're willing to spotlight the cockroaches. And that phrase is something that has stuck with me all these years, and that's what we're going to do today. Because you know what? Uh, We don't want a cockroach infestation in wildlife management in the Lone Star State, or any other state for that matter, but for a lot of them, too late. You know, they should have had these conversations 10, 15, 20 years ago. So uh, West Texas Big Bobcat founders Jeremy Harrison and Todd Schwartz are set to join us uh, before we get into that conversation. This segment brought to you by SCI, the worldwide leader in big game conservation. Uh, that term, spotlighting cockroaches, yeah, they are pretty good at that too. And they do it from Washington, D.C., where they keep tabs on Every piece of anti-hunting legislation introduced uh, both on a federal and a state level. And make no mistake about it. I mean, hunting is what funds conservation across the board. It's the only model that has proven to work in modern society. So, yeah, you granola-eating animal rights activists like Texans from Outlines. I know because I saw them in person. Uh, maybe you should be thanking us. Instead of pushing this anti-hunting agenda. More on that momentarily, though. Uh, check out SCI. I'm a proud member. For more information, head over to safariclub.org. Okay, without further ado, let's bring them on right now. Jeremy Harrison, Todd Schwartz of the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. Thanks for being here, guys. Thank you. My pleasure. So it's nice to see you again, Jeremy. Uh, we had the chance to visit a little bit down in Austin at the uh, annual Texas Parks and Wildlife public meeting uh, the other day. 
and by gosh, it was a it was an interesting time being there, listening to the the people who testified uh, on behalf of Texans for Mountain Lions, and then uh, meeting yeah. some of the you know I'm vested in this from just a, a wildlife management standpoint uh, as a conservationist. That's what I do for yeah. a living. Uh, but there are other people whose livelihoods, so uh, trappers, houndsmen, and then the landowners, uh, livestock owners, these are the other people that came to speak against uh, Texans for Mountain Lions yeah. at that meeting. And we'll get into a lot of that stuff uh, in a minute. But I, I do want to talk, first of all, about the uh, West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. Absolutely. I've never, I've never participated in a predator hunting contest. Uh, I've competed against myself. How many coyotes can I kill with my thermal tonight? You know, that's, that's the wow. extent of mine. So I've never actually paid an entry fee and participated. I've, I'd love to do it. Uh, I, I just haven't, uh, yeah. but I'm a hundred percent pro predator hunting. If I see a coyote, unless, unless I'm just hunting a monster buck, I mean, I'm shooting the coyote and that's just, yeah. the way it is. That's how I roll. <clears throat> Some people have a problem with it. I don't care. I don't make any apologies for that. I'm not going to shoot every gray fox I see. Uh, you know, if I'm sitting there deer hunting, eh, probably gray fox, probably going to get a pass. Now, if I'm calling with the predator call, yeah, it's a different story. That's what I'm there to do. Bobcats, man, I like to shoot bobcats a lot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you can't pass yeah. that up. And if you do, you don't tell the landowner you did. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I want to talk about that. First of all, a little bit about the history behind the contest. And I've had... I don't know. I, one time, some kids called in a mountain lion in your contest. I had them on the show. Yeah, uh, Aladdin Ledbetter. That was that's been six or seven years ago. Yeah, uh, and then I've had winners on previously who actually won the tournament. Um, but it's been a couple of years. I, I haven't talked to anyone from the contest in the last two or three years. Um, but I do want to know how this thing got started. I don't know if it was y'all's love of predator hunting, if it was from a predator control standpoint. Uh, but I'm all ears and, and looking forward to uh, hearing the background. Wow. Okay. So we, we were sitting around, we, we entered a contest one time and uh, mm -hmm. we just, man, we all grew up, you know, Todd's family, ranches, farms, my family, ranches, uh, Quentin's the same way. Um, so we all came from, you know, agricultural backgrounds and um, we're sitting around, you know, we, we'd entered a contest and we thought it was a good thing, you know, because of the fact that it drew so many people out. I mean, it just, literally it's a private one of predator control people that are itself it's self-financed so it doesn't cost the public anything right and i think if the public knew how much money the actual government federal and state spend on predator control it'd blow their mind um and we haven't had a, an extreme rabies outbreak in modern times but it's serious you know everyone is really worried about covid less than a one percent kill rate rabies is almost a hundred percent kill rate and it's been like three people survive rabies in the history of man. That was with an intensive nursing care. And if you get it, you're done. And, um, you know, this is so a lot of this predator control goes into not just, uh, you know, to protect livestock, but also, you know, the general public benefits from it, too, because uh, Mother Nature's way of controlling itself is a rabies outbreak. It's one of the ways, you know, right. there's a, a lot of other things in nature that, that uh, you know, that, that Mother Nature has in her her. Uh, uh, bag of goods that she controls on them. And, you know, she's cruel. Mother Nature's probably the most cruel critter on earth. I mean, she will mm -hmm. get you. And she's not very uh, subtle about how she does it. But um, anyway, the way we started all this, we just kind of, we, we hunted in a contest and um, we were, uh, 
we got beat. And it wasn't by, uh, by choice, obviously, but uh, we got beat by some guys that went down the river and shot some raccoons out of a tree. And we thought, well, that's not common. But guess what? They knew the rules. <laughs> so I said, man, we don't like that. We'll just start our own deal. And so, man, when we started about 2008, I think there was 28 teams. And I promise you, if you had this thing on Mother's Day, that same 28 teams were I mean, they're just hardcore guys. They don't care. Fourth July, Mother's Day, their wife's birthday. There's been years that we've had this, and they say, hey, uh, y'all, y'all know that the, uh, there's a football game on. Or the lots of Sundays where it was Super Bowl Sunday. Yeah, Super Bowl Sunday. Sunday he was like, yeah. You know, we're like, okay, yeah. We didn't even know it was Super Bowl Sunday, but then we don't care. <laughs> but uh so we started off like 28 teams and people would ask us you know as we were going and what are you gonna do when there's 100 teams I'm like man there'll be 100 teams i'm like yeah that's a lot of teams and they say you know there's 100 teams i said what are we gonna do when there's two home there's no way there'll be two 200 is crazy and there were 200 and then 300 and then todd is a genius he doesn't like to admit that but man i'm uh, technically challenged to say the least. Uh, so Todd put together where you can enter online and you can do a bunch of different other things. I mean, he really picked it up. And when he did that, wow, it took off. I mean, I've got people, we got people that enter from all over the country. Um, and they have to hunt in Texas, but uh-huh. you know, I have an outfitting deal too, where I've you know, wild side outfitters where I've run predator hunts and I've got guys that call me from all over the country that like, Hey, we want to hunt in contests. So you got us. And like, well, I'm not your guy, man. We're not going to be able to start till late. <laughs> we got to finish early. But uh, it's uh, they, it's becoming a really big deal. A lot of guys that come from out of state um, and when deer season's over with, it's something they, they do. And it's and it directly benefits them. If they lease land here and they go out to the land that they hunt deer on and they are able to kill, you know, even if it's three or four cows, great. That's yeah. three or four more cows that are not eating your farm crop. They're not eating that rancher's lamb or goat crop. Or, so when, just, what time of the year do you host the contest? January, February, and March every year. So it's, uh, and, and that's what I was, you're going to laugh at me, but Todd and I were just talking and we, we set these dates not long after, uh, after the uh, last contest in March. So, but the, this year they're January 21st, uh, February 18th and March 18th. Now those are Saturdays. The contest will start at noon. Um, then you would have to be back at weigh-in, which we hold at the uh, uh, San Angelo Claybird Association. And uh, the weigh-in, you have to be back there by 11 o'clock. Um, so it's really Next simple. Morning. Huh? Yes, sir. Yeah. So it's 23-hour hunt. It's very simple. Rules are, I mean, you've got to kill five gray fox or five coyotes to your, your heaviest cat. We weigh the cats, the heaviest cat wins. And mm-hmm. over the last three or four years, we've really garnished a lot of support uh, from a lot of great companies. Um, you know, then they, they give a lot of, a lot of prizes away. I mean, we had, um, diligent defense, give us suppressors last year that we gave away to the first, we started with a, the closest. cat closest to 20 pounds. And, uh, in the January contest, I believe I killed a cat that was like 21 pounds and my son was with me and, uh, he actually killed it. He said, Hey dad, uh, oh, it's 20, 21 pounds. What if it, uh, what if it lost some weight? I'm <laughs> yeah, oh, this is going to cause problems. So, <laughs> you know, after we saw what was going on there, I'm like, okay, people don't need to know what the weight is because then there's just a chance that, hey, not that they're just, it's too too much there, too many, too much shady there. So, I said, okay, how about this? We'll do the 20th place cat. And that entire team wants suppressors. They all see a, a value in predator hunting. It's a growing 
um, the growing sport. So, uh, and it, it does good for a lot of people, but uh, regardless, we changed that to the 20th place because nobody knows what the 20th place cast is going to be. I mean, it's, right. you, you can run a lottery on that and people will never get it. I mean, and we weighed down uh, to the actual ounce. So, you know, instead of saying, you know, 25 pounds, 25.5 pounds, it's actually 25 pounds, eight ounces. So, I mean, it's, and I'm telling you this, ounces separate first from second, third from fourth. I mean, it's, uh, it's close. All yeah, the time. And we do, we pay out the top five places in the big cat. Uh, you know, the big cats, like Jeremy said, you've got to shoot five foxes or five coyotes to qualify your big cat. And then we pay out those five places. Uh, there's a big drop off from first to second. And then it kind of evenly steps down on the, on the prize money. And then we also have three jackpots, uh, most coyotes, most gray fox and most bobcats that pay out evenly as well. Um, and then we added a uh, heavy gray fox uh, two years ago, I think. Yep. And that's kind of picked up too. I mean, it kind of gives the people that don't have uh, bobcats in their area a chance to, to win a big pot as well. Are there in really the areas that don't have bobcats though? Well, yeah, it's big bobcats. South right, Texas has right. a lot of bobcats, but they don't get very big. Down there. Yeah. Yeah. In yeah. South Texas, could- is that what you said? Right. Yeah. 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 You know, there's always a rarity. I mean, I've got guys say, well, I don't have any big bobcats where I live. I'm like, yeah. One year they told me this. And so where are you hunting at? Well, I'm hunting in Rock Springs. So I just paid a team of high school kids from Junction, Texas. <laughs> That's just right down the road, man. Oh, yeah. I said, so they're big cats there. Uh, you I know. know, I know uh, Rock Springs very well. I've shot quite a few axis deer down there. Yeah. That's pretty yeah. early. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I was going to say, so as far as the timing is concerned, fe- uh, January, February, March, that's perfect. As far as you're talking about deer coming out of the rut, they're worn down, uh, bucks tend to be more susceptible to coyote predation post rut. Cause they'll turn and fight. Then you got another coyote trying to hamstring them from behind. That's usually how they yeah. succumb to coyotes. Does tend to want to, you know, uh, biologically speaking, are more prone to running away. So yeah. the predation is a lot of time on those bucks. If they're going to get killed by a coyote, it's usually post rut. Uh, also, you have, uh, you know, ground nesting birds, quail, turkey. Uh, exactly. They're they're thinking about laying their nest in uh, April. So yeah. you're taking out this big influx of predators prior to nesting season. What do you say to people, though, that think you're just wiping out the population? on these places because don't these don't most of the teams hunt the same places year after year after year. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, people will say that and they'll use this term on us all the time. It's ignorance. Right. So you may live in your, you live in the city or whatever. These people, maybe they do. I don't know. But, um, you know, you live in your concrete jungle and you don't get out. You don't see, and I'm like, so if I've got a team that can go out and kill 40 great fox on one ranch, how many are there? Yeah. I mean, it is a plague of them. And in reality, if you didn't have hunters stepping in, and they'll they'll argue this against me, but that's true. If you don't have hunters step in, Mother Nature will do it, and she is way more cruel than any human beings ever thought about being. Um, and she will wipe them out, whether it be parvo, feline leukemia rabies i mean they'll you'll see them and you see that in, in nature to begin with you'll see a place that is overrun with rabbits whether you shoot a rabbit or not it's on a seven-year cycle some say 10 but they'll come there'll be rabbits everywhere i mean you can't can't look not see a rabbit 
And next thing you know, you think, man, they're gone. They're all gone. There's not a rabbit out here. And next thing you know, you get rains at the right time. Forage is right. And food sources are there. And next thing you know, there's an explosion of rabbits or pack rats and everything else. And then with the explosion of animals like that or rodents like that, then you have an explosion of predators. Well, then maybe next year it comes along and it's a really tough one. And it's a really tough summer. And there's just not enough food. And that's where you get disease and things like that to come in and, and start wiping them out. It's a change. I've, I've seen so many coyotes that, and shot them. Uh, I've gotten trail camera pictures of just on my deer leases, just nasty looking things. And you've oh, got really mange. bad for them. Yeah. I want to put them out of their misery if you can find them. Oh, you know, when I, I caught hell, I did a, a news or a, an interview with NPR News. And, and I told them, hey, yeah, these coyotes in Pecos, they eat cantaloupes and watermelon. And they thought that was big funny like that. Oh, there's no way. I don't know. That's a huge ordeal. But it's so that in itself, it's just it's just ignorance. And it's just trying to, you know, I, I don't understand a lot of the things that some of these people that are that push us on this contest do. And I and I can't justify it in my own mind. But you know what I do understand? It's not my business. Mm. It's just none of my business. Right. I mean, so I just kind of don't I don't know. Mind my own business. I guess my my family taught me that growing up. So, no, I don't know, Jeremy. I mean, the idea of live and let live. Oh, you uh, you kind of sound like a right wing extremist there. <laughs> I kid, of course. Uh, things that don't affect me, I don't let them bother me, and that's what that side of the fence is incapable of doing. Trying to push their ideologies on everyone else, uh, and you know, if science dictates that they're right, okay, fine. I'm I'm all ears. Uh, but when there is no science, and there certainly isn't any supporting banning predator hunting contests it's just uh mm, just feel like you guys shouldn't be doing that it really upsets me get out of here uh we are going to take a quick break that segment of the show proudly brought to you by stealth cam and the reactor wireless trail camera you can find it as well as their entire lineup of wireless cellular cameras at stealthcam.com we'll be right back with more on sci's lone star outdoor show Run forever if you never let it in. I got a part of me that's wondering when it's gonna kick yours around. Part of me just wants to live forever on the road. Wow, we live in crazy times when it comes to censorship on social media. And if you're a gun owner and a hunter, and if you're proud of those things and you post about those things, then pff, you're already on the blacklist. You're getting censored. You might not even know it. Take it from me. I had my Instagram page deleted for an entire month for no reason last year. Mm-hmm. Guess what? That kind of stuff doesn't happen over at Go Wild. It's a community of people who love to hunt, fish, and cook their wild game. They also love guns. If you want to be a part of that kind of place where you're not getting censored, where they actually promote posts with that kind of content, just go to download Go Wild. It's a free app. I absolutely love it. You'll see me there posting every day. So come on, join the conversation at Go Wild. I'm Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Let's face it, guys. We all would love to own land, right? But they're not making any more of it. However, there's a solution. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers 
finance their own piece of paradise for over 100 years. Whether you want it for recreating, ranching, fishing, hunting, or just to get the hell out of Dodge for the weekend, visit Lone Star Ag Credit today to start making that dream a reality. There's a place for you And children laugh, the sun is shining And everybody smiles When you walk in the room So come on Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thank you for being here. We are still visiting with uh, Jeremy Harrison and Todd Schwartz of the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. Uh, also, my new friends that joined me in Austin to speak out against uh, animal rights activism, uh, disguised as a conservation group, but we'll get to that. And uh, we're going to spotlight that cockroach, I guarantee you. Uh, and we'll do that here in just a second. This segment, though, is brought to you by my good friends over at Vortex Optics. You never have to question whether Vortex is pro-predator hunting or pro-Second Amendment. Unequivocally, the answer is yes. And here's the cool thing. I've got 10% off any Vortex Optic when you shop at eurooptic.com. You use my promo code LONESTAR10 when you check out. Boom. Instant savings. 10% off any Vortex Optic at eurooptic.com. All right. Well, let's get back into that conversation with uh, Todd and Jeremy and fellas, you know, this is the biggest predator hunting contest in the world. Uh, so I did want to ask you, what is, what's the most that you've ever paid out? Gosh, I don't know. I want to say 52,000 somewhere in there for, for one, one night, one for first place. Yeah. Yeah. For big, for the big cat. Right. right. Yeah. I was looking at that, you know, on our website, if, which is just uh, info at WTBBC.org. Well, that's, that's, you know, just that's WTBBC.org. Okay. Yeah. So you're looking at uh, like some of the past results here. I mean, I'll go over some of them from last year because it's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Just for instance, uh, we'll go to January last year. Um, January last year, uh, we had a total of 626 teams. We paid out in one night, $143,980. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, and the running totals on here. Uh, we, since, since it started this Last March, we just passed up uh, paying out over $3 million in prize money since 2008. Oh my we God. keep a running total of how much we've paid out every year. It's, what is uh, the biggest bobcat that's ever been brought in? Two different cats, 42 pounds. 42 pounds. One was years ago, I want to say probably 2011, 2012. And one of them was uh, not this last year, the year before last. So 2020, I think that's right. Uh -huh. Yeah. And which part of Texas is prone to growing the biggest cats? Man, you see it fluctuating all the time. You know, um, West of San Angelo always seems like it's pretty consistent. Um, but we have them from all over the place. There's some really big cats up in North Texas, too. They're probably not as many. But uh, in reality, you know what's crazy about it? Because uh, I put a lot of thought into this. Um, just places where there's a lot of coyotes, there's big cats. And I, I don't know if it's because they just hate. The only the big ones make it, or they just gotta get, they've gotta get tough, or they're gonna die. And it mm -hmm. seems like places that don't have a lot of trees where they can escape. I mean, they're flat footing, just making a stand against coyotes. I mean, it's crazy. 
I've, we've yeah. seen some some bobcats come in there that look like they've been in the gym. I mean, they're just, <laughs> I mean, muscle tone. You can visibly see them. Like, wow. I mean, but that dude came from Pecos, you know, when he was fighting off coyotes, flat footed and flat ground. I mean, standing their ground. So, it, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but it seems like there's big cats anywhere. There's there's a lot of coyotes for whatever reason. And so, and then there's not a lot of uh, a lot of foxes where there's a lot of cows because those fo- uh, cows will eat the foxes. So uh-huh. um, you'll see some kit fox, but not grays. That's yeah. that's goes hand in hand. Um, I uh, I went on a trapline trip to British Columbia and we caught three lynx while I was there, and one of them I swore had to weigh forty pounds. Yeah, we get it back to the skinning shed, and I'm like, man, this is bigger than any bobcat I've ever seen. Oh and yeah, we weigh that thing. 26 pounds the lynx really? is so deceptive with all of that fur and those huge yeah. feet and everything yeah i was like i was like this is going to be a 35 pound you know we there's a big difference if you, you kill one that looks like a big 40 pounder you know and if he if he's got the frame to be a 40 pounder but if he had eaten something you know that's because they gorge themselves we have video on one of the places not during the contest time but uh we just set up a game camera on video on a, on a deer that had been covered up with grass you could tell a cat had hidden it uh-huh. it got caught in a fence and i guess the cat killed it and drug it out of the fence but uh there was three different bobcats eating on it for 12 straight hours they ate on that that deer and they couldn't get back through the net wire whenever they got done because their bellies were so fat that's oh, a kiss wow. of death that's a kiss of death right there cable uh-huh. <laughs> we can you catch you a big one on on uh video and we went back there all three contests <laughs> and we never saw that cat not, not even even close we killed several cats around there but we never saw that big old cat. I thought, well, I don't know. You know, he, I know he's in that area, but that's that's how they get big. They're small. Yeah, yeah. So the contest starts off with the with daytime calling, and then probably transitions into spotlights and thermal. Correct. Okay. Okay. Um, how do you? Because we we see we've seen this historically with bass fishing tournaments. Someone there's always a bad egg that wants to try to cheat the system. It's a lot of money on the line. Uh, so, you know, I've heard of some tournaments saying you have to put a, you know, uh, a card in the animal's mouth so that when it rigors, that card's in there and you, you know, you can tell that it was shot within that time frame. What do you guys do? Multitude of things, everything you can think of and it's all stuff you would never think of. But, uh, um, so Todd, we, we set up, first of all, we're pretty vigilant. Um, and there's a lot of word of mouth that goes around with this thing. You can imagine that we get calls all the time. Some of them pan out, some of them don't, but we're always watching. Um, that's the first line of defense. We also have a polygraph man. Every team that wins money is polygraphed, no matter what. Uh-huh. Um, and ally outdoors out of Midland sponsored that every year. They've been very good to us and they're a lot of support. Good guys. Um, and we also turn around and when we get cats up there, we've got a little system going. Um, of course, we're weighing them. We run a metal detector level. Um, and also, I temple, um, or Quentin or Todd do. So, what we do is we run a thermometer past their last rib up as close as their liver as you possibly can. So, you've got a core body temperature. And believe it or not, all those casts turned in that day will all be within about 10 degrees of each other. It is crazy how accurate that is. Regardless of when they were killed. Yeah. Stacy Morris, who's a um, pro staff for Fox Pro, actually, his, his grandfather ran a contest over in New Mexico for years and years, and that's how they stomped out a lot of the cheating, is they would do this core body temperature. He actually came down, and he lives in Arizona, he came down and 
and showed us how to do it. And I will tell you this, I was extremely skeptical about, uh, there's no way. I mean, uh, just depending on where they're, where they're hunting out. I mean, you have somebody hunting in Amarillo and it's snowing, you have somebody hunting in Laredo and it's 70 degrees, but man, mother nature has made those critters. They are great insulators and they hold their body heat and it will be within 10 degrees. Um, so something's not right. And, you know, if it's a degree or two off, that doesn't really throw a red flag. But I mean, we had a year where a guy turned into a cat and uh, I saw the picture of it somewhere. The cat was 53 degrees. Every other cat up there was in the seventies. I thought, Hmm, well, he grabbed his cat and was going to leave. He said he's, he had to go. He had to withdraw his entry. Well, huh. as soon as he saw him pull the thermometer, he had to go. Yeah, I said, oh, hey, man, where, where are you hunting at? Or, you know, well, what difference do you make? Where do you work at? I said, well, why does that matter? I said, well, I'm just trying to figure out how you're going to make $30,000 a day. I'm going to quit what I'm doing. <laughs> he said he had to go. His he had boss called. He had to go back to work. He had to go to work. I was like, yeah, come on. Well, yeah. you know, also the game warden there, and they followed him out. And come to find out, this guy, I mean, he had a mess of trouble behind him anyway. I mean, he convicted felon with a felon. Public enemy number one with PETA. Like he shot his neighbor's dog. Yeah, yeah, shot his neighbor's dog and video to it on Facebook. We wish would not be involved with our contest because there's just bad, bad. Well, see, that's the, I guess if there is only one drawback, it, it would be that because of the money that's involved, this type of thing draws out uh, the seediest of sportsmen. Or maybe yeah, guys aren't going. really sportsmen at all. They're they're convicted poachers or yeah. whatever, and they're like, well, yeah, you know, no, it's something that you have to deal with. People will always try, and that's where it's our job to stay on top of it. And what we've added this, this last year, just to combat it too, just to stay on uh, on top of it, um, is we we have a, a a trapper. Well, he actually is a trapper, but he's also a fur buyer and he's very well known. And he is, uh, um, for lack of a better analogy, he doesn't not take much off of people he is a uh, very serious and he's very good at what he does and this man i look for biologists we looked for anybody we could think of that was like a specialist you know as far as a cat's you know and there's veterinarians but i thought you know what no one has skinned as many cats as a fur buyer yeah. and this guy gets stuff put past him all the time or they try to like they'll kill a cat in july and tell him well we killed it last weekend well he can tell he can tell by the hide. He can tell when he pulls her hide off, if they've been frozen or not been frozen. He he is uh, he has more knowledge than we would ever gain. I mean, you get in his hip pocket for the next 30 years and still not know half of what he's forgotten. Mm-hmm. So uh, um, that's that's been a very uh, a very good deterrent. And and in, in reality, a lot of this stuff we do is not just to, to catch people cheating. Of course, that's was why we we implemented all these things, but one of the reasons we did is, is not just to protect to protect the integrity of the hunt, but to protect the integrity of the hunter. I cannot tell you how many times somebody wins, and I mean, they're like, oh, he cheated. Well, what makes you think that? Well, hey, nobody can do that. Okay. Well, you can't. Right. I understand. You know, but that doesn't mean he can't. Right. And he passed the polygraph, and he passed all these other tests, and I mean, yeah. So it's, it's, it is there to protect the integrity of the hunt and to protect the integrity of the hunter. And, and it's, it's done that way on purpose because the last thing we want to do is accuse somebody of cheating that didn't cheat. Yeah. And uh, we're very careful about it and we're very tr- uh, strategic about it. The game wardens are there. They check people's license. Uh, I had some great guys. We, we had some great guys that 
I don't think people realize how standard this is. Like if you're in a local bass club, yeah. and let's just say it's like a Wednesday night and there's $1,500 on the line. They, they, yeah. they take polygraphs. Yeah. You know? I mean, people will try to cheat for money. They'll try to scam the system and it, yeah. it, you know, it's not right, but it is what it is when a lot of money's yeah. on the line. So polygraphs are pretty standard in, in these type, type of situations. And there's, there's actually a law with Texas parks through Texas parks and wildlife that it's about uh, fraud and defrauding contests and things like that. When it comes mm-hmm. to fishing terms, bass terms, things like that. And, you uh, know, that's what I'd like to do is petition them to change that to where it's, it, it would, it would, uh, you know, encompass our deal because uh, that way the, the state would actually prosecute them for, for fraud. And, um, you know, yeah. at this point we can do that, but, that actually is a, a law that's the, through the Texas Parks and Wildlife that has to do based on, on fishing terms about fraud and things. And so that's one thing we, we would like to do in the future is, is see the Texas Parks and Wildlife come up with, uh, you know, just encompassing that, encompass us in that too. And that mm-hmm. comes directly from our game wardens here. They told us about this law. And, and um, I'm, I was really fortunate to go up to, to Austin last week and see how that works and how you petition them. And I, I, I've really enjoyed the fact that you haven't, you have a voice. And I was impressed with the fact that the commission will sit there and they will listen. Now you give you two minutes, but let me mm-hmm. tell you, you got to be very strategic about what you say, but it, that red you know, light went off and I just flew right past it and went on for, I think I got minutes, <laughs> yeah, so. your red lights on. <laughs> <laughs> I saw it and I was like, eh. because I had timed, I took out, you know, I pulled out my phone and I was timing some of the other people just to see if they were like really cutting them off at two minutes. And once I figured out they weren't, I was like, I'm going to get my, my it's probably good. They couldn't hear me off the team. Yeah. I'd still be there. <laughs> I had a lot to say, man. <laughs> uh, he brought up the game wardens. We also have, uh, almost every contest, the game wardens want to be there because yeah. they can check the uh, hunting licenses and, and things like that. And hunter education. We had a guy one time get disqualified because he hadn't taken his uh, hunter education course. And I mean, they wrote him a ticket, you know, of course all he had to do was take the course and, mm-hmm. and get it dismissed. But, he broke a hunting law and that's one of our rules. You cannot break any uh, state, local or county hunting laws. Federal, yeah. You can't break any, any game laws. And so when he did, you know, we're like, man, we can't pay you. I know it's stupid, but it's, you know, it's, it's the law and you broke one of the laws and that's one of our rules. I can't, can't do it. I was like, if you were my brother, it'd be the same story. And uh, it was unfortunate. I mean, these guys are good guys and yeah, we felt bad, but I mean, it's just part of it. I mean, that's no, the worst part about this. I think it's having to force the rules, but you, you have to, I mean, it's yeah. part of it. If there's, if you break, if you let any one rule slide, then none of the rest of them mean anything. So talk about the, the benefits from a, uh, a sample collection standpoint. So a lot of these foxes you were telling me in Austin, um, I don't know if it was Texas parks and wildlife or if it was for some other study, but, they actually take the brain, they, they take the foxes because they want the brain stems to study. Oh, them. yeah. Yeah, the USDA shows up there and um, great guys. And they're uh, a group of government trappers and they work for the um, game commission. They come in there and they say, all right, we need, to, we need some foxes from all these different areas. And so we'll make that announcement and they'll go over and people will donate, you know, foxes that they have harvested that night. Then they actually remove their brain stems and send them to uh, um, be tested for rabies. So they get like months of work done in one day. There's been times where they've showed up to one con- one of three of our contests and had everything they needed from every county in the state of Texas oh, wow. um, in, in their area. And so they may not come to the second one. 
we've also had um, uh, we had a girl that was doing her thesis on uh, coyotes and their lifespan and and their health and and she asked if, if anybody would donate the the coyote carcasses. We're like, absolutely. She showed up and she took the coyote carcasses with her and 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 did her research paper on that. Um, we had another group that was out of uh, Texas A and M Kingsville, I believe. Um, this young lady was coming in and she would take pictures of the bobcats. Like uh, they put them all up on a on a board, and there was a camera that's so far from the board, and I mean it was as controlled as possibly could be. And they were actually doing genetic studies on bobcats to see if it was a genetic reason that some of them had more spots than others. Their, their right. coloration was genetic or in some way, or if it was depending on where they were from, um, you know, what part of the state they were from, whatever. And that was, uh, so there's, there's a lot of good that comes from it. Mm-hmm. A lot. Uh, you know, I've got guys that, that their carcasses are donated to them and they, they do a lot of good with them. I mean, uh, um, it doesn't go to waste. And one thing about it is if somebody throws their animals out and that's just uh, if they discarded their carcasses in a uh, malicious way, I don't know how you describe it. And just, yeah, on the side of the road, or they're just not respectful of those animals. We catch one of that, they're done. They'll never hunt this contest again. Mm-hmm. And it's just because those, those bad apples will ruin it for all the rest of us. Mm-hmm. You know, um, it's like I saw this uh, this kid in I might have been Utah this past week. It's been all over the internet, but he shot. The story is he shot this deer, hit it far back, got another shot. And this is bow hunting. Got another shot at it, and then it turned and he hit it right between the eyes. I like saw in, actually in its eye. Yeah, and I don't have a problem with that. You know, uh, yeah. anybody that's been hunting long enough knows. Sometimes you get lucky. Sometimes you make a bad shot, and the animal still dies. You spine it. You shoot it in the head on accident. Whatever. It happens. What yeah. what isn't cool is is putting that picture with the arrow still in the deer's eye online for not no. because it it really offends me or you right but what how does that look to a non hunter right yeah. not 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 an anti hunter of course they'll use that as fodder ammunition for their side of you know the argument but yeah. to just the casual non hunting public does it is that a good look and if the answer is no then why do we post it and I, like I said yeah. even if he if he did it on purpose you know, and he's that great of a shot well he should be shooting with levi and, and tim gillingham but you know yeah I, it was probably an accident so it's just you know celebrate take the picture text it don't well maybe not text it show it to your buddies if you want to do that i don't have any problem with that even here look you won't believe what this arrow did to this deer I accidentally hit him in the face he turned and you know it was a terrible shot but i got lucky here's the picture show it to him i don't care don't put it on instagram so easy i i would never at this point in life post a picture of a deer with his tongue hanging out even like I can yeah. get up and post it. And and I'm all for tailgate picks and, and even educational stuff. Like if you shoot, if you shoot a new broadhead and you want to even post the blood trail, I don't, I don't care about that stuff. That's educational. There's nothing educational ben- beneficial about uh, sticking right. a photo with a, with an arrow in an animal's face and celebrating. No, it. I totally agree with that. And you know, there's been some stuff like that, you know, with the advent of social media and I understand people, people are, Hey, they're proud. They, they went out and they were able to accomplish this or accomplish that, but there is a respectful way to show it. Yeah. And when you don't do that, you're not really exercising your for right to freedom of speech or whatever you want to call it. You're just really making our, our job tougher, you know, because yeah. every time somebody sees something like that and they don't agree with it, next thing you know, they're up there talking at parks and wildlife and they're mm-hmm. adventing for the end of us. And we're not all bloodthirsty killers. We're not all out there trying to wreak as much havoc and 
calls. And I'm Seth happy Lane. for the kid. It was a hell of a deer. Like I was like, wow, yeah, it was, was a great, great deer. deer. Maybe let's just rethink the the image that we put out there because yeah. wouldn't it be better if if you're celebrating a 220 inch mule deer without an arrow in its face? Yeah, I think we could all agree that yeah, that's probably uh, a little. Yeah, everybody's, look. everybody's looking for clout on the internet. I mean, likes and that kind of thing. You know, yeah, yeah and, and I felt bad for that guy because that deer you're talking about the velvet mule deer the deer got yep. confiscated because i think it ran onto the story is it ran onto private after they shot it oh, and man. died and they tried to call to game and fish and couldn't get a hold of anyone and they're like well we don't want the deer to rot so they they crossed the fence without permission and they got the deer the deer was confiscated so there's always more to those stories like yeah. who knows what the truth is but if the kid really shot it legally then i hope he gets his deer back but Generally speaking, once the deer's confiscated, they rarely get them back. There's a reason why they got confiscated. Yeah. And there's a lot of people, like you said, that they're on the fence. They don't really have an opinion about hunting or don't, you know, positive or negative. But when you, and, and not just that picture, but there's some other stuff that shows up on the internet and you're like, oh man, man don't mm-hmm. do that. And that's one of the reasons we have moved this thing to private property because I had, we had people coming you know, that we didn't know who they were. They would show up and it was kind of a, open, basically open to the public and take pictures and use them against us. I mean, they were using it as a stick to beat us with. I'm like, hey, man, we need to do something different here. And we did. Uh, and we're taking all the necessary steps to avoid uh, negative perception. And when someone will, you know, discard their animals on the side of a public highway, that, that's, that's killing us all. I mean, it really is. It's, and it, it's looks bad on the sport, the hunting period. And, um, you know, they'll call this a kill sport and this and that. And there's a heck of a lot more to it than that. There's 99% of the, the teams that enter this contest are not out there to, you know, inflict pain or something. Nobody wants to see that. It's, it's about predator control. It's about camaraderie. And it's about the fact that I can, we can get a lot done with predator control um, by having this contest because of the fact that it's self-financed. I mean, is the state of Texas going to put up a $50,000 reward for some coyotes or cats? No, mm-hmm. nobody would do that. And I, and I get that, but this is a self-financed predator control. I mean, it really is in every yeah. way. I mean, these guys are, you know, I'm, I think in areas they're making a difference. You know, I've played people tell me we don't have any quail anymore. You don't have any quail anymore? No. Hey, you know what? A team came out and hunted on our property you know, a couple of years ago and shot 40 foxes and like, <laughs> No wonder you don't have any quail. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm like, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's quite a few. But uh, you know, it's uh it all goes hand in hand and and yeah. it, it just all it works if, if they'll let it work, you know, and, and don't trade in a negative manner. But you know, when it takes all of us together to work as a team, not to portray things in a negative manner. So um well, we hope that everybody does that. Let's do this. Let's take a quick commercial break. We'll come back and I want to transition into how this contest ultimately uh, led to us both showing up in Austin last week. Absolutely. Sound good? Sure. Great. And that segment uh, was brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy and Big and J Whitetail Attractants. Coming up next, yeah, we're going to get out that flashlight and finally spotlight those cockroaches that are trying to infiltrate our ranks right here on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. It feels like a sin Till I pass the Rio or drive around the Big Bend 
It's time to tell you about Protect products. Veteran-owned and made in the USA, Protect makes your water work harder for you in the field. They have a hydration electrolyte formula for endurance and replenishment. It's perfect for elk hunting, right? Uh, energy formula for when you need an extra kick. Immunity for optimizing the immune system. And one of my favorites, the rest formula to ensure deep sleep and proper recovery. All the formulas are liquid, so they mix instantly in your water bottle or camelback. And the cool thing is, they don't gunk them up like a powder with that messy residue. They also have an easy-to-use line of mineral sunscreen for quick and odorless application and all-day protection in the field. For more info, head over to protect.com to see their entire lineup. That's protect, P-R-O-T-E-K-T.com. Hey guys, Cable here for Cryo and More, the one-stop feel-good shop in McKinney, Texas. I've been going there for over a year now. All your holistic healing needs with cold, heat, and compression therapy services. And these services, they're the fastest way that I've found to reduce inflammation and to get to the root cause of pain. You don't need to be in pain, though, in order to benefit from these services. Cryotherapy helps with burning calories, optimizing sleep, boosting energy, and much more. I can tell you that's true because I feel like a brand new man every time I get out of the cryo chamber. Uh, plus, compression therapy helps promote healthy blood flow. Come in anytime before 1 o'clock, 1 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Say the words cold outdoors and you'll get $10 off your cryo session. That's cryoandmore.com. All right, this is Phil Robertson, better known as the Duck Commander. This is the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Cable Smith, welcoming everybody back into SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show presented by Mossberg Firearms. Thanks for being here today. Uh, we are still talking, well, actually, we've been talking West Texas Big Bobcat Contest. We're going to transition into the ordeal with Texans from Outlines and the problem. And really, it's a it's a wolf in sheep's clothing. We'll get into it in great detail, though, with Jeremy Harrison and Todd Schwartz, who were nice enough to stick around. This segment brought to you by NUMA, geared for the outdoors. Not only do they make some of the best hunting apparel in the industry, they guarantee it for life. Who does that? Think about the things in your hunting arsenal that take the most abuse. Well, if, it, if it's me, my hunting clothes are going to be right at the top. They guarantee theirs for life. And you can also save 20% off your entire order with that promo code LONESTAR20 when you check out at numaoutdoors.com. That's P-N-U-M-A, outdoors.com. All right, well, let's get back into that conversation with uh, Jeremy Harrison and Todd Schwartz. Thanks for sticking around. Certainly enjoying the, the uh, conversation. Uh, now that we've kind of talked a little bit about the West Texas Big Bobcat Contest and the history behind that, and then the uh, beneficial components of of that uh, wide-scale predator management um, 
and then how you deal with some of the negativity that comes along with it. It's not everybody likes it, which is how I came across the founder of Texans for Mountain Lions about a year and a half ago. Uh, he's a known filmmaker, but you know we kind of had this this deal on social media where uh, we're not talking to, uh, referencing each other by name due to some legal stuff. Yeah, uh, and I think it's just pissing at each other at this point. But um, you know, I he I had him on my show, and we talked about why is he calling out uh, predator control contests, and he he came on and he was very clearly against them. Things a bad look. We shouldn't be doing that, engaging in that behavior as sportsmen. Okay, I, I walked away with it. We'll just have to agree to disagree. You know, uh, I think uh, yeah, my mindset was this guy just doesn't really like people. He doesn't like people killing predators. He puts the value of predators above that of a deer or an antelope or, I mean, name the species, name the cervid, name the it, turkey, whatever, quail. Um, that's not That's not the science that I believe in. And, yeah. uh, because it's not science at all. It's just an no. thing. Uh, and then, so then July comes around and I'm made aware of this group, Texans from outlines, find out that they filed this petition with Texas parks and wildlife. And they had six bullet points, uh, you know, mandatory harvest reporting, uh, five cat quota in South Texas, um, no canned hunts, which by the way, Nobody in Texas that I know of is trapping mountain lions and letting them go as a canned hunt. If they are, it's already illegal. Uh, yeah, it's already illegal. So why that's yeah. on there, I don't know. Um, what were the other ones they wanted? A mandatory 36-hour trap line check. How yeah. big are some of the properties out in West Texas? Hundreds of thousands of acres? Hundreds of thousands of acres. And how could a trapper, say one, one professional trapper, is probably going to have more than one ranch he's running. So we're talking 200, 300, 400,000 acres. And this guy is supposed to check those traps every 36 hours. It's impossible. So what, yeah, so what does that really mean? It means it's how can we say we're not anti-hunting and anti-trapping, but, but kill trapping systematically, you know, with this type yeah. of law, because you can't check it. Yeah. Some of this stuff is impossible. Like, we'll, you know, on some of our traps, we'll set them, maybe we'll set down in a Canyon, but we'll put them where we can travel on the edge of the Canyon and look at them with binoculars because to walk down there would take two hours. And once you got down there, if you had a mountain lion in the trap, now let's say it was a 120 pound mountain lion. Uh, well, I'd say on average, most of them are about 90 pounds. Okay. So even 90 pound mountain lion and uh, it's caught down in the trap. Like, okay, well with this, these new regulations they wanted to uh, see implemented, they would require the landowner to carry that mountain lion out of that canyon which would be about a three hour ordeal uh-huh. and, and then go turn the carcass in. And I'm like, uh, man, I don't, I don't know how it would work in a lot of places. I know there's probably a lot of ranchers and, and they're, they would just say, they're not because you can't physically do that. I mean, if yeah. you could try to carry a hundred pounds or 90 pounds of dead weight out of there, it's, it's not realistic. And, you know, but that's that's the deal. They keep putting all this stuff, all these regulations they want to implement, all come back on the landowner or their yeah. stewards, and and they don't propose that they're going to do anything. Um, yeah. And that's the way it always works. And it's and a lot of it, and and I'm going to use this word because they use it on us all the time. We're ignorant, right? So a lot of it's ignorance. Uh, and they'll say we're ignorant to biology or science or whatever. Well, it's really easy to do whatever you want to do when you're the ones, the people that are are. Uh, petitioning the Texas Portrait and Wildlife for these new regulations are the same people that are doing the research. 
right. they grade their own tests, David. Yeah, exactly. So, I want to, we'll connect those dots. But so, yeah. uh, so Texas Parks and Wildlife initially denied the petition, and the guy and I got into it because I, you know, I, no one knew about it. Like I, I found out about it. Yeah. Someone sent me a link and was like, "Did you know about this?" And I was like, "Holy moly! Why yeah. does nobody else know about this?" And so I started spreading the word, and I got blowback from both sides. You know, like. I'd say 70% people were like, Hey, thanks for bringing this to our, uh, to our attention. Yeah. Um, 30% were like, you know, why are you, why are you saying this guy is anti-hunting, blah, 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 anti-trapping. Like, he is. All I do is connect the dots. Okay. I, I look at what yeah. people say. I look at their quotes. And if I put that back out is it's already public information. And now I've just shared it. Um, how am I the bad guy? Because people, he you see my shirt, don't California, my Texas. Yeah, this is California exactly. wildlife management ideology trying to get its foot in the door of Texas Parks and Wildlife at the end of the day. I yeah, you're talking about a, yeah, you're talking about a state that screwed up a gas can. I mean, they're just completely off the wall. And uh, as far as, you know, that's that was their biggest argument up there, right? Is, well, Texas is the only state that has a breeding population of mountain lions that doesn't protect them. Oh, okay. That's your argument. And, and Texas has, probably has more mountain lions than other states, but what are the numbers? I don't know. You know, they don't. Know. I do know that their research is not. I'm not going to say that it's flawed because I don't think it is. But there's a lot of stuff that's cloaked that's not brought to light, like uh, the fact that they say, oh, they collar some mountain lions and they they came up with 200 uh, different kill sites. Right. This mountain lion, these mountain lions have killed things. And did you know that not one time those mountain lions killed any livestock? Huh. What they fail to tell you is that where they did this research, there is no last, <laughs> right? You know, so because they it's on a wildlife need, preserve, right? Yeah, they didn't eat. They didn't eat any happy meals, and they didn't get in any fights with polar bears. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah, but this is a kind of crap that, but they use this to push this narrative that the landowners and the hunters and we're all just evil, malicious son of a guns. And you know, the only mountain lion I've killed is in Colorado, and we we'd been hunting public three trips. 18 days and finally uh we hunted some private on my third trip first day dry ground which is what i wanted to do and the landowner met us before and he's like listen i don't care what you're if you want to kill a male female it doesn't matter to me if you catch whatever's on my property you have to kill it because it's killed two of my foals yeah. two, of them, two of my horses kill them so you know that was the deal and we yeah. caught that lion well it's in your i put my tag on it gladly helped out the landowner and yeah. uh i got you know i got my my lion and i ate it and have the hide tan and for a long time i was like you know what i think i only take one mountain lion in my life but my gosh i love chasing those dogs through the mountains i'm gonna do it again i love it yeah yeah it's pretty fun you know what's what's amazing about the fact is they lions are i mean i'm the last person on earth that wants to get rid of mountain lions i mean i'm for lack of a better word, I, I consider myself to be a conservationist when it comes to mountains. I don't want to see them all dead. Right. No way. I don't want to see all the bobcats dead or foxes or coyotes. All we're trying to do, and, and it's it's pretty arrogant of these people to think that we're going to wipe anything out. Like, really? Do you really think so? I mean, since the time that man came here with any kind of livestock, they've done a hell of a job trying to wipe species out, right? Mm -hmm. Trying to get rid of them. There's more now than there's ever been. So, that no, I mean they they did wipe out wolves and, and <laughs> bears and stuff from Texas. They're not coming oh, no. back. The landscape's way too fractured now. Uh, these yeah. cats are the exception, you know, as far as 
megafauna predators go. They they've mm. adapted well and they're yeah. very reclusive. They're unlike a wolf. They they don't adhere to any kind of pack hierarchy. So uh, I think that's the wolf's biggest weakness, really, when it comes to controlling them. Um, yeah, why they were able to do you know here's a wolf kill. Okay, we just poisoned it. We killed them all. And and a mountain lion's biggest enemy is human beings. You right. that's the only thing they fear, right? And so. The sheer size of the ranches in West Texas and the Trans-Pecos region are the reason that that's a stronghold for mountains. It, for lack of a better way to describe it, it's, it's a refuge because there's no more humans. There's not because this ranch is so big that they have not, there's not a bunch of people moving in. And so that keeps, keeps the human population at bay and therefore creates a refuge for mountain lions. Mm-hmm. And all we're doing is picking off the ones that are eating livestock. I mean, yeah. There's more mountain lions now than I believe there ever has been. And this is the reason. I mean, there were two mountain lions recently run over outside of Sanderson, Texas, by a train. Okay, on different occasions. Yeah. Uh, I dare you to try to run over a house cat. You can't get that done. They are fast. They are paying attention. You're not going to sneak up on one. Mm-hmm. And how, how did a mountain lion get hit by a train? There's got to be a lot of them. I mean, right. they get hit by vehicles all the time out that way. But, you know. Well, I'll tell you, in South Texas, um, some get shot at deer feeders. Some get trapped on accident because like my buddy yeah. had a big, uh, like 180, 100, 180, 150 inch eight point. Nice. You know, to me, a 158 point is like the Holy grail of, of eight point deer. Oh, yeah. This deer you've been watching for two, three years. He named it Chaco, these dark chocolate horns and Chaco disappeared. Well, now my mm-hmm. buddy's trapping coyotes, right? He's like those bastards. I'm going to get them. <laughs> uh, he caught 130 pound male mountain lion in a snare underneath the high fence totally by chance not so if there's so few how is my buddy who had never trapped anything in his life catching one in a snare on his you know first weekend of trapping like yeah i don't know it would make me think there's got to be quite a few and you think about the idea of uh or the fact that white taylor big business in texas essentially and all you can eat buffet 24 seven, the way we manage whitetail yeah. deer across the state. We have more deer than we've ever had. That's a fact. Yeah. So you would think that the apex predator, predator, you know, that's their number one food source. Well, then we should have, you know, just like if there's a lot of rabbits, you're going to have a lot of coyotes. Right. And they're killing mountain lions now in the state of Texas and places they haven't been seen in years and years. If they're so, if their population is dwindling, why, why is that? Yeah. Why, why are they killing mountain lions and have uh, or you know, places they haven't seen them in years over in East Texas too. I mean, in North Texas. I mean, well, places. My, that- my problem though with that group is the the mint, the idea, and and they're playing on the heartstrings of the public here a lot. They want exactly. the general public support. The idea is that Texans are out there relentlessly per- persecuting mountain lions, hunting them and yeah. trapping them to trying to exterminate them. Dude, I don't. I, I've never hunted a mountain lion in Texas. Never seen one, and. I hunt all the time and I don't know anyone personally that is because you can't really, unless you have dogs, you and I just can't go in Texas where there's no snow 99% of the time. Just be like, today I'm just going to go hunt a mountain lion. Like talk about a futile, uh, a futile endeavor. You could, you're going to be doing that all season and you're never going to see one. Hmm. So no one is out there saying, I'm going to go hunt mountain lions today. Unless you have a pack of hounds, that's the exception. Uh, I don't think there's that many trappers that can number one, like my buddy got lucky right that was just a happenstance how many trappers are there in texas that can catch a mountain lion regularly 
I don't know, and make a living doing it, right? That's another thing. There's probably less trappers. Well, the fur prices are so far down, there's less trappers in the state to begin with now. And then you top that off with the fact that, you know, like, uh, I'm going to say something here. I'm not 100% sure it's true, but uh, like Tom Green County, for instance, I believe they have two government trappers, right? It's a huge county. So they're not beating anything back. They're there to problem solve. Uh, you know, Johnny Landowner calls them and says, hey, I've got uh, coyotes killing my sheep out here. Can you come help me? And they'll go out and they concentrate on catching coyotes in that area. And so that's why I say they're problems on And these poor guys, they don't have the manpower. They don't have the funding and they don't have the time to cover this entire town. There's no way. And that that's, that's like a, a, all over the, all over the state. They're just don't have it anymore. It's just not that way. anymore. And so they're not beating anything back. I mean, there's coyotes, you know, 20 tech. I don't know. Yeah, I'll say that. Probably 20 years ago, if you caught a coyote in Tom Green County, it'd be in the paper. Hmm. Now it's a common occurrence. I mean, and this has been traditionally sheep and goat country, and supposedly they beat them all back and they were all gone. At one time, they probably were, but there's less people. There's less people ranching now. And uh, so and these cows are still there moving in. I mean, there's coyotes here that in places we haven't seen coyotes in years. Years. But, uh, yeah. It's nuts. So, well, so the, the mountain lion hasn't been listed as a game species in Texas since 1973. So that's 49 damn years. Mm-hmm. And for some reason, they're still here and they're still thriving, right? Thrive. The one thing, the only thing that I was like, ah, I could see how this organization's, their one bullet point was mandatory harvest reporting. Okay, I could see how we should report. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying carried out of a canyon, but yeah, hey, uh, I'd I've you know put a tag on a mountain. Well, you wouldn't need a tag, but just hey, I killed a mountain lion. Okay, yeah. call in and report it. That will give Texas Parks and Wildlife some idea of how many are getting killed. Here's the problem with that. And from I'm not a landowner, so I didn't even think of that component when I heard that. And I was like, I could support that. Yeah, as a landowner, there's only one way that data is gonna is gonna be presented when 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 Texas Mount Texans uh, for mountain lions have that data at their disposal. It's only going to be there's not enough lions. It, even there's if always going to be 10,000, right? That's not enough. We need more. Okay. So for from your perspective as a landowner, what's in it for you to cooperate with Texas Parks and Wildlife? That's That was one of my arguments up there with them is the perception has to be that the game's not rigged because in reality, the way a lot of these old guy, old-timers feel and the guys that are branching, they, they're like, hey, I'm not going to tell you because you're going to use that as a stick to beat me with. Right. And so they don't want to cooperate. And that's where it's very difficult in the state of Texas because it's that's the whole that's the definition of private property. It's this private. isn't Colorado or Idaho or Montana. No, it, and it's real easy to try to ban something in Colorado or uh, New Mexico because it's a lot of BLM and a lot of state owned land, but that's not that way. It's 93% of Texas is privately owned. 98%. 98? 98%. It's a red report there, but yeah, yeah. it's still crazy. Uh, and so to tell private landowners what they're going to have to do, and you're going to do this no matter what, you, how much do you think that's going to happen? If they will, they'll cooperate, but you have to convince them that the game is not rigged and that there's, there's good reason for it. Well, I don't think that one can look at who makes up the coalition of Texans from outlines, AKA their board members, the founders, and not come to the conclusion that the game is indeed going to be rigged. 
So I, I want to connect those dots because it's very important uh, as well as, you know, reflect on why we went to Austin last week and <laughs> some of the testimony from the other side of the uh, aisle. Quite humorous. Uh, we'll get into that next. That segment brought to you by Black Rifle Coffee Company, America's Coffee Company, veteran-owned and operated. You can find their entire lineup of coffee and unapologetic patriotic swag at blackriflecoffee.com. We'll be right back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. You're over 40, that's it for you. I'm pretty sure there's nothing else that we can do. Perhaps the convent, perhaps the knife. If you're looking for a thermal hog hunt near DFW, then 3 Curl Outfitters has you covered. Offering fully guided thermal hunts just minutes south of Dallas, guide Scout daily to put you on the bacon. Using thermal imaging technology to hunt feeders, crop fields, and river bottoms, you get unlimited hogs and no kill fees. Visit www.3curl.com. Also offering corporate hunts and food and lodging available by request. Book at 3curl.com or call 214-455-0940. In the market for a compact track loader, check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at one of our nine North Texas locations. Visit BobcatOfNorthTexas.com or call 469-586-0000 today. Lions in Texas have no natural mortality. They all die in traps. There's a mountain lion somewhere in Texas stuck in a trap right now. <laughs> Those are the words of the founder of Texans for Mountain Lions. And if you can't just see the propaganda, I don't know how to help you out. There's no way to justify. I mean, it's a it's just a lie. Like we already talked about on, on this episode how two cats were run over by a train in Sanderson County. Uh, hunters shoot them at deer feeders. They kill each other. They die of starvation. That's the way the world works. That's how Mother Nature intended it. Maybe not the, the train, right? I mean, that's a man-made thing. But uh, they do not all die in traps. But that is the narrative and the propaganda that the leader of the organization is putting out to the general public. I'm Cable Smith, by the way. This is SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Um, we're going to now connect the dots and paint that picture. We've been building towards this for the entire show, but there is uh, there is so much conflict of interest within this group that they cannot possibly be trusted to represent sportsmen or women in the Lone Star State. And so we'll get back into that conversation with Jeremy Harrison and Todd Schwartz at this moment in time uh, because whew, the cockroaches are coming out and we've got a big ass spotlight. So Jeremy, from a landowner's perspective, you know, we, you alluded to the game being rigged based off of who would be conducting the research uh, that Texans for Mountain Lions wants to see done. One of the people that I know on there um, is Patricia Harvison and. She is a big cat biologist, 
Well, okay, that's great. Her husband, Lewis, is Correct. is the director of the Borderlands Research Institute. Yeah. They get a lot of grant money from Texas Parks and Wildlife and from other private organizations to conduct research. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who if if Texans from Outlines got their way and said, okay, we're going to do all of this data collection. We're forcing Texas Parks and Wildlife's hand. They've agreed to to do all these surveys and everything. Who's the first group that's going to be asking for a grant? You don't think it's going to be Patricia's husband, do you, on the Borderlands Research Institute? <laughs> yeah, and, and along with every single one of those people that filed this And petition. I know, I'm not saying Louis, Louis is a bad guy. Don't know him from Adam. No, no. He's I think a they're, great guy. I think they're great know. people. But but you you have to connect the dots, okay? Here's a yeah, person like, with this yeah. is a conflict of interest. If you're the one who you're, you're married to, the director of this research institute, now you're making Texas Parks and Wildlife use pack taxpayer dollars to fund this research, and you're going to be the one asking for the money. Well, I know which way that research is going to come out. It's not well, going to support it, it, you and I, Jeremy. Yeah, Todd. yeah. And if that if that if that made sense, why don't we just let the Wolfville do their own environmental study? Will that going to work out for us? You think? Right. I mean, it's, it doesn't make sense. And it's, it's all, that's what people think. And that's why I was adamant about telling them it's going to be detrimental for the numbers. Cause I'm actually curious to know what the numbers are, because I think they're going to, I think it's going to blow their hair back to actually know how many mountain lions are there. I it's really don't enough. Yeah. No, it won't be, but it, ha- it can't be rigged. And all six of the people that filed this petition are all very connected. Yeah. To the Borderlands Research Institute. Now, Borderlands Research Institute has done a lot of great stuff, and I, and I like I said earlier, I don't think that their their uh, research is flawed, but I think that it's being pushed in a certain manner, just like saying, "Hey, you know, none of these lines, these two hundred kill sites, were there any livestock?" Well, okay, all right. Why is that? Okay, but that doesn't push this public narrative because they're just trying to garnish support from the general public who have no skin in the game. All they want to do is see a mountain lion. Right, and now you know, and these people that say, "Well, oh man, I've been to Big Bend eight times. I've never seen a mountain lion." And you could go eighty more times, and you're still not going <laughs> to see mean, one. I was like, "Okay, that doesn't but, mean uh, they're not there." <laughs> and so, and then they think they're extinct. You know, they're going extinct. The numbers are down. I haven't seen one at Big Bend the last eight times I've been. Okay, well, you probably won't, man. But they're there. You know, it's just uh, yeah, they're all they're all involved, and it's it. That's what blew my hair back when I started researching who. All the people were that they put this together, and, and well, you got you know, one lady that runs a big cat sanctuary. Like, I mean, oh yeah, do yeah. you think that's a hunter? Basket. No, Monica Morrison. Yeah, that's that's Carol Baskin. Yeah, Carol Baskin. <laughs> <Carol> Baskin. <laughs> yeah. uh, then you have another lady, uh, Pam Hart, who uh, her speech oh, at the at the commission meeting was it was talking about how they acquired this property. And she was reading a book published in like the late 1800s talking about how there was bears and wolves and stuff on it. And, uh, and she never really got to her point, but I was, I mean, if you listen to that, it was just kind of like, where, where's the science that you're referencing here? Uh, don't understand. You're just talking about how you got it back in the 1800s. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that lady is the same lady that's, been protesting our contest for, yeah i wanted you to take yeah take that uh and and tell us a little bit more about that god easy i want to emphasize again texans from outlines quote pro hunting and pro trapping that's their message that they put out there okay well i'm talking with jeremy at the 
at the uh, annual meeting last week, and you come to find out uh, where there's uh, smoke, there's fire. No, that's extremely false. She's one of the founders of Project Coyote. Um, and yeah. they're, they're one of the people that really petitioned the uh, New Mexico uh, Game Commission to, to end trapping in the state of New Mexico. That, that's all completely false. And to, just to give you an idea of what's going on here, I mean, there's a lot. Of, she, she was emailing us, and next thing you know, the director of the Texas Parks and Wildlife called our local Parks and Wildlife guy, uh, and he called us. And this is in 2020, March, because this is right when the pandemic stuff came out, right? And they are going, oh, there's going uh, to – he wanted to know. And, and the, the local Parks and Wildlife guy, great guy. He's like, hey, look, I, I got to call somebody, and they got a call from somebody. And uh, I just need to understand, are y'all going to have the contest? Like, Absolutely. Absolutely. No matter what. Well, right about that time, there was this governor's mandate out. This now, and I explained to him that a mandate was uh, no different than a strong suggestion. It held no weight in court of law, and that we were going to do it because. And also, hunting and fishing you know, were exempt from that anyway. Yeah, well, you know, that's the whole, that's the whole point. So we. I did call our local guy here. So we had it out here at this. It's a public area, and I didn't want to get this guy in trouble. So we okayed it with a county judge. You know, we jumped through all the hoops. But when I informed him of this, he goes, okay, that's great. He He's all for the contest, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, most of them are. Most of the parts of my people are. And he's like, okay, yeah, that's great. I'll, I'll inform him of that, that y'all are going to have it. He calls them, right, and tells this lady, hey, they're not breaking any laws. And that's the whole point. What we're doing breaks no laws. And anybody that hunts in our contest has to follow all state, federal game laws, period. So when he forms her this, boom, she emails us, bam, immediate. And one impersonated an officer of the law and she did that. And I mean, I was like, what are you doing, man? So I called this game one of them all. And he goes, well, she says she's going to be there. I'll, I'll be there. Uh, it doesn't matter. We're going to do all that thing. So we ran that like a like a drive through, um, but she yeah, she's been on us, emailing us nonstop. And uh, um, last year she threatened. What's that? Did she show up? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah she showed up. And she stayed off the property until the game one got there that she was meeting. And yeah, and I mean, talked to. So so you that. have a member of the board who act- actively protested the. A member of the, the people that you know they're involved in this petition. Yes, but but a member of Texans back. for Mountain Lions Coalition or yeah. the board of directors, whatever. You but want to it's call deeper it. than that. It's way deeper than that, and that's what really intrigued me to go talk because to understand her and understand how she would have the ear of anyone at Texas Parks and Wildlife, you have to understand who her husband is. Her husband is Will Hart, and uh, Will Hart is on the board of trustees of the Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation. Uh-huh. They garnish donations in the name of Texas Parks and Wildlife, and then they give back Texas Parks and Wildlife. I have zero problem with Texas Parks and Wildlife Foundation at all. I think it's great because yeah. they give back to the Texas game wardens, you know, in the form of maybe it's a boat here, or there, or a bulletproof vest, or thermal, or it's they're great. Sure, they help, they help out with uh, young groups like Texas Brigade, brigades, and yeah, it's great. I think it's great. Hunters and shooters, so and so, um, but. That's what she was doing. She's using his influence to get a hold of somebody that Texas Park Wildlife that had enough pool to call here. And they didn't want to shut down. But I knew that she had some kind of pool or I would never have heard about it, right? Because she's yeah. emailing us. Um, the email was Pamela Nelson. So 
that's her maiden name, I guess. So yeah. and we put all this together and I'm like, wow, okay. Well, this last year, she finds out that we we're holding this contest on, on private property. And uh, so she, that made her mad. And she was going to come, she was going to be there, and she's going to fly a drone. I was like, okay, whatever you want to do, man. We don't care. Uh, that never that never happened, materialized. But uh, meanwhile, they came out with a video. Um, they uh, Another group that's involved with this, uh, uh, Benjamin, uh, he, the same type, the same people video and that stuff, they came in there and they, they talked to this group of hunters that were going to hunt in our contest, right? And told them they were doing a documentary for National Geographic, which I don't know exactly what they told them, but they yeah. made it out to be something else other than it was. And uh, they came up with this video and to um, wildlife killing contests or something like that. Yeah, what Project mean. Coyote. Yeah, Project Coyote. Yep, it, yeah. same people. Yeah, yeah. the filmmaker so, uh, is Felipe DeAndrade, and he's friends yeah. with the yeah. founder of Dungeons yeah. for yeah. Mountain Lions. Yeah, same clowns. And yeah, so they do all this stuff, and they um, they they come out with this video, and they were really proud of that. And all it is is video to to garnish public support against uh, uh, predator hunting contests. They call killing contests because wildlife that, that killing sound, contests. Yeah, yeah, wildlife killing. That, that sounds a lot more cruel than yeah. what it is. So they so they do all this and. Uh, in, in reality, this video, they're showing some guy riding a snowmobile, running over coyote somewhere. I'm like, that, did that happen during our contest in Texas? Because I'm yeah, like, that, that wasn't during Texas any contest. Yeah. <laughs> it was just some random footage. Of yeah, just some just random. Well, and I talked video. to one of the, the uh, subjects of that film, and yeah. he didn't want to yeah. go. He didn't want to come on the show, but yeah. because no, he, he felt they, like he was. Those guys. He felt good. like the hunting community was mad at him. Because he let them film him predator hunting. What he told me was that the filmmaker, Felipe DeAndrade, completely misled him, manipulated him. Once he found out what he was really doing, he told him, Hey, I don't want to be a part of that. But he said, We already signed it. I don't care what you want. And he went ahead on yeah. with the film. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, that's, sounds about right. yeah. yeah that's that's the same story we heard. And, uh, and in, in their defense, I don't know. I, I mean, there's a lot of people hunting the contest. I don't. I don't, they wouldn't have done that on purpose, but you know, it's one of those deals where they can tell you whatever they want to tell you. Um, we get people to call us all the time that want to come to the contest and do this and do that. Uh, can we come video it? I'm like, man, I don't No, Not a good idea. You just can't uh, trust anybody. I mean, yeah. we had last year or whenever I was same time that Pam Hart was there that acted like she had nothing to do with her. And, and then Jeremy said she was at the meeting that you guys were at. Yeah. So, she's at the meeting. Yeah, yeah. The, on their side. Of also, <laughs> the same lady was there taking pictures. Of, you know who she told us she worked for? Long yeah. Star Outdoor News. She's taking pictures for you. Yeah, freelance photographer. Like, yeah. And so I made believe that I went and called you, and I was like, "Hey, he says you're not here for him." Well, I'm a freelance photographer, <laughs> and so I was like, "Oh, okay." And you know, it was all BS. So come to find out. And she's in with these people. <laughs> like Dude. when I went to this meeting the other day, I'm looking around the room. I'm like, wow. Hey, what are you doing? <laughs> like, Oh, I thought you weren't involved. Oh, you are. You know, I mean, there's it, pretty obvious, but it's just, uh, it, they'll lie, cheat and steal. Yeah. And that's just the way it is. Well, Sierra uh, club push has, their been, has, has tried to pursue this mountain lion thing in Texas twice already and failed. Sierra club testified on their behalf. 
I made it a point to focus on the text of their sixth mission statement, which was uh, their mission statement to form this advisory stakeholder advisory board that will advise Texas Parks and Wildlife on mountain lions and management. Like, I'm like, why does my state wildlife agency need to listen to you, first of all? Uh, secondly, why is there language about um, racial equity on the board? Like, what is, I'm sorry, what does racial equity have to do with wildlife management? Right. Yeah. Right. Black, white, brown, doesn't matter to me. Show me your degree in wildlife management, and then we'll talk about it, right? But why so would they can place their person on there? Right, right. And then the, la- and then the, the main thing, and, and I, I don't know how I didn't key on it earlier throughout this whole saga with these with this group but where they said they wanted to have an animal welfare organization have a seat at the table i.e hsus PETA, or i even said defenders for wildlife i said these or center for biological diversity these are the groups these are animal welfare organizations why would a pro hunting and pro trapping group be advocating for putting anti-hunting organizations on the stakeholder advisory board so don't tell me that you're not uh that you're pro hunting and trapping because you're full of crap and so and then the funniest thing was is like the lady to speak i think that she spoke right after me was like oh, blah, blah 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 i'm the president of texans uh texas defenders for wildlife chapter <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like wait i'm pretty sure i just mentioned your organization and here you are testifying wow yeah. wow yeah. how ironic no, no. it's all you know and the, the way they wrote that is they want a partnership of landowners, biologists, cons- conservationists, and organizations. What organization? Mm-hmm. And and I can bet you, and I, won't, I hope that it goes the right way, but I promise you, there won't be any landowners from the Trans-Pecos region in there. Um, there just won't be. It'll, it'll be a bunch of organizations, and that's, that's what I feared most. And what I also feared was who's going to do the research? Cause, because I can already tell you what the numbers are going to be if you can tell me who's going to do the research. And uh, their their wording is misleading to the general public. And it, it's that way with everything. Like I wrote this down earlier because I found this. Texas Parks and Wildlife lists the mountain lion as a species of greatest conservation uh, need. A species of greatest conservation need. Well, that sounds like they're almost 16. Yeah. <laughs> they're not. But the way you word that, the general public thinks, oh, God, they, they're not even protecting them. And they're, they're almost 16. I mean, yeah. the way that they word this stuff is just so ingenious that you're like, huh. And so now there's a little old lady sitting there in Dallas, Fort Worth, thinking, God, I need to donate to them. They're, you know, they're going to save mountain lions. They're almost gone. And, you know, there is everybody that bought a hunting license is out there killing mountain lions. Yeah. He's sorry. He's sorry. <laughs> malicious son of a gun. Yeah. I, I better donate to them. And that's all it's about. It's about money. That's yeah. it. And, you know, Pam and uh, Hart, she's, she finances a lot of this. These films that she films, she, she, and, I, and I'll, I've talked to a lot of people that think, then, oh, oh, Benjamin, he's just a great, oh man, I mean, just all oh, about Texas wildlife and this and that. I'm like, no, man, I think you're getting the wrong story. And, and maybe he is, and maybe it started off like, because I believe it probably did. But when you turned around and you know who's financing all that stuff, like, you think this last film they produced, that last little segment they had with a mountain lion that was missing toes and was caught in a trap. Yeah. You think that was just by chance? Right. I mean, this isn't about protecting mountain lions. It's not a protect, about protecting wildlife. It's yeah. about money and it's about control. And that's yeah. it. That, that's the thing. And from I went down there to talk about this issue and, and mountain lions specifically. And we, we all did. But 
it's not about mountain lions. It's, it's, mountain lions no. just happens to be the species that's that's in the you know caught in the middle here. It is about keeping that ideology of predator management, which we've seen all along the West Coast. We've seen a New Jersey governor right now who's banned bear hunting in, in a state with the most black bears per, per capita per acre in the yeah. lower 48. There you go. We see this mentality on both coasts, and then they try to just push it on us, as, and it bleeds into middle America. And that was where I was coming from. It was like, you let these people in and let them bend the ear of Texas Parks and Wildlife and actually establish a foothold within our state wildlife organization, and it's over. It won't, it, you know, eventually mountain lions, you can't kill one. You're going to jail if you kill a mountain lion. Yeah. And uh, I mean, let's, I really let's, 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 let's do this. Why don't we have a vote to see if we can reintroduce wolves? Yeah. Like they did well, in Colorado. Yeah. I mean, you that know, was my fear. You know, it's mountain lions are, are just it, really insignificant as far as uh, why I was there to talk. Like you said earlier, which was a great point. Nobody there that spoke against this organization wants mountain lions eradicated, right? No, it's uh, they're an apex predator. They're awesome. We, I love yeah. them. Yeah, they're really cool. But uh, uh, every animal is really cool to me, and I, I want yeah. all of them to to uh, thrive. Uh, but you got to show me the science first. The real you're, science. You're skipping this. You're skipping that step, which isn't the North American conservation model. It's a scientific based model, and you're going from. Well, we don't manage them at all to let's have really strict management policy. Let's restrict trapping 36 hour checks. Let's put a five cat quota in South Texas where we have no idea how many mountain lions there are. Uh, you know how many you people have actually skipping the process, man. Kill five cats in South Texas. That was put in there to 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 garnish public support. We're like, oh my God. Yeah. There's people killing more than five cats. I'm like, no, no. I mean, yeah. you play a handful, maybe. Yeah. But, Even I mean, then, you're talking about, you're... they were talking about five mountain lions total for the entire South Texas region, like, which is absurd. Oh, absolutely yeah. absurd. It is, and and but they and what's really crazy, they don't know what the numbers are. Right. You know, when they want to form a stakeholder group, and I, I don't know if you heard my father speak, but you know, and the yeah. way he looks at things is like a lot of people in West Texas look at things because he he tells them, "I'm not a stakeholder, I'm a shareholder," and it kind of got their attention. He's like. I'm a shareholder. I mean, he tells them how many dollars worth of livestock he's fed mountain lions. And he's all about it. Do you know what? I'll tell you what. I pull up all my traps. I only struck, struck no one to shoot a mountain lion anywhere near my property. And all you got to do is pay me $5,300 every time a goat's killed. Because over seven years, that's what that goat's worth to him. Because right. that goat produces, that goat produces, those goats produce $5,300. So you cut him a check for $5,300 every time a goat's killed. He will create a mountain lion refuge and he'll, by the end of the year, you can have everybody in West Texas on that, on that same program because right. 5,300 for every goat or every goat, the mountain lion kills. That's fine. What we're tired of is paying. We're tired of paying to feed them. Mm -hmm. And it's not like we're trying to wipe them out. We're just trying to survive too. So, you know, he has a point. If, if they want to put their money where their mouth is, cut some checks, cut some checks to these landowners. Because I guess, guess what? We don't want to walk two miles down in a canyon, set a, set a trap, and try to catch lions. And that. we got other things to do. Yeah. But if you want to give us a check for every time a lion kills a goat, we don't have to do that. We can yeah. work on roads and fences and other things. So that sounds good to us. And, and he's right. And uh, that's what the whole point of this stakeholder group. There will be very few people in that stakeholder group that have any kind of stake in anything. They won't have anything invested. It's just an idea. 
And that's what, that's what torques people off, man. They just got a bunch of people that, you know, the downtown Fort Worth and you're worried about mountain lions. Give me a break. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, it's just, but they're not fighting that fight every day. They don't see, you know, kid goats and lambs maimed and killed. They don't see where a mountain lion killed, killed 23 freaking sheep in one night and didn't eat anything but the udder. They don't see that. They don't well, need to see that. That's the kind of picture maybe we need to post on freaking social media, I guess. I don't yeah, know. That's, right. that's right. like going back to what you're saying, that they're good at tugging on heartstrings and they're good at getting filmmakers involved in their group because they can get the attention of people on social media. And yeah, I mean, the, that video that Philip D'Andrade posted, it, Instagram blew up on that. I happened to be following that. Now I was, I mean, they had millions of, of shares and, and things like that on that, that video. And I mean, people that had no idea that killing contests were even a thing. Blah, blah, blah. Killing contests. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. They had no idea. And next thing you know, yeah, we're getting awful. death threats. Yeah, exactly. And we'll get death threats over this show. And I say, yeah. what? but that's, there's that's, one way to deal with that. And there's another way to deal with that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. it's okay. <laughs> typically just uh, block them and go on with my life, but that's, that's exactly not the liberal right. way to do things. No, in the words of Robert Earl King, when you're in with the Lord, there's just one reward. (laughs) I just assume they make it come true. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Well, it's important to keep fighting this fight. Like we said, uh, it's not really about mountain lions. It's about a certain mindset that we can't afford to infiltrate uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife. No, you can't. Because, you know, look at, uh, and that's why I wore this shirt today, Don't California, my Texas. Look at California. Banned mountain lion harvest in the mid-90s. Uh, I started this show in 2010, maybe, maybe 2009. Uh, and back then you could still, you could still uh, use hounds to hunt black bear in, in California. Can't do that anymore. That's gone. Uh, and then three years ago, you know what they did? You, good luck having a, a, a bobcat contest in California because they are protected species, fellas protected. You yeah. cannot kill a bobcat in California. And that, and, and for that lady who's on, who's, who's on their council, their team, their coalition for Texans from outlines to have already come and protested the West Texas big. I'm so, I was so happy to hear that because all oh, it did started, was validate what I already knew. Yeah. And now I want everyone to hear it. You know, we'll sing it from the mountaintop so that everyone knows this is who you're in bed with. You can tell us till you're blue in the face that you're not anti-hunting. You're not anti-trapping, but you've yeah. surrounded yourself with people of that ilk and that mindset. So I don't care what you say. You can say it all you want. It doesn't make it true. They're no different to Sierra Club or anybody else. Yeah. Project Coyote. Yeah. It's projectcoyote.org. That's that's who she's uh she, she's one of the founding members. Then you look up uh there's another Facebook page, it's Project Coyote Lies. You really like that Because <laughs> I don't know who the genius is that started that, but every time that somebody's dog gets eaten in California, they post it on there. <laughs> you know, every time a coyote attacks somebody or something, he posts it on there. Because there's like there's a side to both stories, but they're the only one yeah. screen. Well, you know what so, the the, the the ironic thing is in California is that the mountain lions still get killed. It's just now that the taxpayers have to pay for oh, yeah. trappers to do it. Well, my dad just, just let hunters do their job and it's all, you know, it takes care of itself. Right. My dad sent me an article from that was just posted this week in California where one was hit, hit on the highway outside of town somewhere. It was a big city. He goes, what do you think they're going to do about this? I'm like, oh. They'll spend millions of dollars making mountain lion crosswalks over the highway that no one of them will ever use, but whatever, you know. Yeah. I mean, yeah. How did that mountain lion not know that crosswalk was there? Uh, and I'll say this in their defense. It, it, 
in, and it's the same thing with in society. The leftist ideology comes from a good place. They think they're making the world a better place. Like it's it's all yeah. about feelings, and it makes me feel warm and fuzzy to say I'm here. I'm going to protect these cats that you know I love so much. Well, okay, yeah, I think we all love them, uh, but but we live in reality where science rules, not in a, a world where emotions trump science. So that's the difference. And yeah. when you let emotions rule, you, it, ten times out of ten, you're going to come down on the wrong side of the fence. Yeah, it's so, like Todd said. A lot of people didn't know what was yeah. going on, and or you know, but when they right off the bat, instead of calling it a predator hunting contest, as they call it a killing contest, it, and then that triggers emotion in people. And I, and I understand what they're doing. I get yeah. it. And then it, that's what they're going to garnish some donations, man. They're going to make some money off that deal. So yeah. who's the evil person here? Us? Well, the the guys that are putting on a, co- uh, a, a, a predator hunting contest that are, are basically just financing private predator control or the people that are selling the narrative that we're evil and making money on it. Well, who, how many people on their coalition bought a hunting license last year and supported conservation? Yeah. How much support are they giving? Right. Exactly. They don't. Uh, probably yeah. maybe, maybe one. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe. They say they, they're not against hunting, but how many actually hunt and yeah. pay into that? That's all right, right there. Put their, let them put their money where their mouth is. Because in Colorado did that. They make people buy a daily usage permit now instead of just the hunters financing the national park. Because they all hated hunters, but we're the ones that financed it. Right. I mean, we built yeah. the roads. Our tax dollar built the roads. Our, every time we go buy elk license, and my wife calls it men's camp because we go up there and don't kill anything, but we have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving for men's camp for Wyoming here in two weeks. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Taking my bow with me. Uh, but, yeah. Well, guys, I certainly appreciate the uh, the conversation today. Uh, what, what's the website if folks wanted to uh, possibly enter the uh, the contest coming up in January? It's wtbbc.org. And you can Google Texas Bobcat Contest, anything Bobcat yeah, Contest. It will, it will be first on Google. Awesome. Well, they'll be able to enter online. We don't start that uh, the online entry and stuff until January 1st just because we have to show that because uh, it's legit so everything that's paid in is paid out from one tax year to the next but so january 1st will be able to enter for january then february then march so we're looking forward to a good year there's a lot of guys already excited we just got an email today as a matter of fact the guy asked him when he can sign up so they're fired up <laughs> well good deal y'all are getting some rain yeah we all have a good one thanks again for the time certainly appreciate it and uh i don't know how this thing is gonna is gonna play out fighting off this uh anti-hunting organization but i know the three of us will be there on the front lines trying to thwart them so cable if i can suggest anything to your viewers i'd love to suggest this there there's a way to get to the which you have to go through your senators and you have to go through your state representatives and you have to get in front of people that are on the the sunset commission because that's that's who makes decisions when it comes to partial wildlife and also the appropriations board the appropriations board decides exactly how much money they get and for what Mm-hmm. And they have the control. You can get in front of these senators, you get in front of these state representatives, and you tell them what's going on, and you stop it. Because this state is not too far gone now, and we can stop it dead in its tracks, but it, we have to work together. Yeah. We can no longer be the silent majority. We can't. And if we're going to do it, you, you damn well know we got to keep Texas red. So, Got to. Otherwise, eh, you could see it. You can yeah. see what happens to state to uh, state wildlife management ideologies. They change. Yeah. So and that's not yes. the only thing. You want to talk about the yeah. Second Amendment. That's a conversation for another day. 
but you guys have a, a blessed afternoon. Thank you so much for your time. And I'm sure that we will be in, uh, in touch frequently as we go forward. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thanks, Kevin. Yeah. All right. Take care. You too. All right, guys.